We've got a code. Use code VOLLEYPOD for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VOLLEYPOD, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on the VolleyPod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today. Good morning and welcome to the VolleyPod. How are you this evening, Todd? It's good morning and evening. I love that. We're doing both. We're covering the whole day today, Davis. That was a good mix and match. I like it. I'm doing well both this morning and this evening. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. And uh, it's uh, another great, great evening to be in the Volleypod Cave here. Absolutely. In lovely Mission Beach. You got your team started? How's it going? Uh, it's it's the honeymoon period. Oh, you've got to love it. I we love gotta it. love it. Yeah, I love it. It's the it. honeymoon period, and then all of a sudden, that first tournament oh, comes, and so our 11s now are playing in a tournament this weekend. It's like, hmm, we don't See. know how to play volleyball, and we're going to a tournament. <laughs> what are we supposed to do? Oh, we... Yeah. Uh, do some cheers, maybe, and see right. how that goes. <laughs> it's so early this year; it's incredible. We we will only have had three practices. What? How many have you? Guys had? Uh, we've had maybe four or five. I haven't yeah. been there because of high school and because right. I was on a little vacation. So I've that's been cool. to I think two. So, so uh, but it's it's they're fired up. It's fun. That's so fun. Um, yes, absolutely. Good stuff. It is that honeymoon period. So. And you are up on the skill this okay, week. Okay, well, are we we're, about? I'm I'm into that kids volleyball. Uh, right now because of the 11. So I'm going to continue with part two of common misperceptions for teaching and coaching kids volleyball. Okay. Okay. And if you recall, I know your memory is good. The first two were winning doesn't matter. Right. I thought that was a misconception because I think winning does matter. Uh, Does it not, of course, the most important thing, but it does matter. And then the second one was to adequately prepare. You have to emphasize three contacts. Right. And we talked about the the idea of that. Hey, get it up, get it over, get in rallies. Rallies are fun. And I really want to start with that okay. is the idea that a lot of stuff we do is based on all of this stuff is based on, hey, we want it to be fun and a great learning atmosphere. And what makes that is like rallies. Okay. And so kids get in rallies, they learn faster. Kids get in rallies, it's more fun. So when it gets to everything, why are we doing what we're doing here? Why are we going through these mis you know, misconceptions of trying to correct them because we're trying to increase rallies. And it reminds me of, I watch, I'm a big Moneyball guy. You remember Moneyball? Oh yeah, that's great. And so Moneyball, remember when Billy Bean's sitting there at the table and he brings in the bean counter guy Yes. and he keeps yes. it, all those old scouts are, are talking to him and telling him, oh, this guy has a great arm. This guy does it. And he's all, we want this guy. And he throws the, he throws like the name up on the board, you know, the mm-hmm. sticky board. And then he points to the bean counter. He's all, why? He gets on base. That's right. <laughs> he gets on base. Right. And he just keeps saying that he gets on base. <laughs> and right. nothing else mattered. And for for these things, it's all, hey, it increases rallies. Okay. It increases rallies. Right. If it increases rallies, it's good. If it stops rallies, it's bad. So I see. I see. Okay. Number three is so number one, we said once again was winning doesn't matter. Number two, to adequately repair, you have to emphasize three contacts. The third misconception 
it's important to teach skills exactly like they will be used in future years. Oh, I love this one. Okay, a lot of people I totally want to hear. That. Okay. Yes, I had a semi-aggressive debate when I, in my younger years about this, but I want to hear okay. what you got on this. All yeah. right. So I'm just going to go through skills and say, okay, well, hey, if I'm teaching serving, we'll start with serving, and there's kids that can't throw the ball over the net, hey, I am into this kind of sidearm torque serve okay. where we use the same keywords, lift, step, swing. Okay. But it's now just swinging kind of from just your, you have a fist and okay. you hold it sideways and your, your side to the net and you lift out in front step and just give me this big whack, you know, you whack it with this okay. sidearm swing. Nice. Okay. You know, and you can That's get cool. your, they can get their hand moving faster that way. Okay. And so I don't think that's bad. I, I think it's good to teach everybody that. Okay. And so like it's that. not such a stigma like, oh, you can't do this, so you have to do that. But if you teach everybody both, you go, oh, hey, you're better at this one. Let's do this. That's a great point. Uh, yeah. I still think you have to, for those kids, you still have to teach overhead because it's part, they use it for spiking, of course. And it's, but if you're going to compete in a game and you want a kid to be able to serve, I'm not going to put a kid back behind the line to serve if they can't serve it over the net. Right. And, and you're not, I mean, not every coach would say that, right? A lot of coaches would say, hey, Let's make sure that they're getting the development of, of serving over here. And even if they're going to miss every single serve and that could be counter rallies, exactly. rallies, we Let's go back and what rallies. we, we go back to the one thing, why rallies, right? And they're not going to learn missing serves. They're yeah. going to learn when the ball's in play and rallies, yeah. you have to serve the ball over the net. Love it. Um, and Hey, overhead and moving the, the line in and there's nothing wrong with that, but you can do both. Okay. Um, Serving from the center of the court is something that I'm into with young players. Okay. I think a lot of players, when they're trying to learn torque, they're standing a little bit sideways, they toss too much to their right. And so the ball is hit to their right. Okay. And if you put them in the center of you can work on not serving to the right, or you can put them in the center of the court. Right. So if they serve in the, to the right, it's still in. We're all good. But if you put them on the right sideline, <laughs> they serve to the right, it's out. Right. So I don't okay. like serving. Uh, I think if they serve in the middle when they're inexperienced servers, their range of misses there is better. Okay. They're going to serve more balls in. Okay. Passing. Of course, ace prevention, not to the net. And I see yes. young players pass right to the net. They go, oh, perfect pass. No, it's not a perfect pass. Yes. Too tight to the net. Five to 10 feet is ideal. 15 feet is okay. And we want to move the target off the net. And we always have these players. They want to sit right on the net. My 11s, they want to sit right on the net. I'm on no. Get count, start counting the tiles on the Sport court, mm -hmm. move off the net, at okay. least five tiles. And if you're 10, it's fine. Yes. And what's the uh, rallies, of course, but what's the thinking behind moving the target off the net? Rallies. Rallies, yes. But uh, you, I'm with my 11s yesterday at practice and half the rallies end because passes are too tight. Yes, and that's what you're saying. So, beginning setters can't deal with tight passes. Right. So we need their margin for error to be on our side of the net. Exactly. Yeah, I love Get it, it up. Yeah. You have a chance to get it over. Next thing, overpassing might not be that horrible. Oh, okay. Okay. I see that. So, hey, you get a tough server, you overpass <laughs> it. You know, if I'm working on a high school team and we're playing cathedral and we overpass, it's, it's a, a point little, for them. A little different. Yeah. Yeah. But if with my 11s, if they overpass, hey, yeah. we have a rally. A rally's rally. good. <laughs> it's a rally. Yes. We get back to it's a rally. Okay. Setting, start our players inside the court. Don't get outside the court to start your approach. Okay. Okay. And so we're setting now away from the antenna. Uh, I see. I see. Okay. Yes. So we're setting inside the court and it's, we want a hittable set inside the court. We don't want the, there's no reason we're not trying to beat a block. 
right? We're not trying to have speed. So why are we pushing the ball all the way out there? We don't need to. And they're not that strong to push it out. Let's just start them in and get a swing. Let's get a rally. I like that. I like that. Defense. Okay. Don't be low. Ah, interesting. I've heard I've heard be low many, many times. Oh, everybody's getting right. low. I'm reading this stuff where people are shuffling under the net and doing all this stuff and getting low. But if you're a young kid, you don't have a lot of leg strength. It's a yeah, rare yeah. kid that can move faster when they're super low as they can when they're in a medium flexed athletic position. Agreed, 100%. So what's the position where they can move the fastest? And it's not standing straight up, of course, uh, but it's flexed, it's not low. I don't want them touching the ground. That's too low, they can't move. Absolutely. So don't be low. I like it. And then no base release. Oh, okay, okay, For the, I like this one too. No base release, which means yeah. that, hey, if, if we talk about, let's say a standard defense where we have a middle back, uh, at, you know, 20 to 25 feet or somewhere in there. And then we have left and right back in that, you know, uh, 12 to 15 feet or something in there. And then, uh, as soon as we know it's not a setter dumper mill attack, they move back, they base release and then right. the offside blocker gets off. We don't do any of that stuff. Okay. We're just trying to keep the ball off the ground. Base releases to stop quick attack and setter dump. Right. And right. so there's no quick attack we're dealing with. So we don't need to, there's no block we're dealing with. So we don't need to. Absolutely. So let's just. Let's just make it simple and play volleyball. Yeah, I like that. Okay, more rallies. More rallies. We're, not, we're, we're working on them keeping so, the ball off the ground rather than doing Simplicity leads to these. more rallies. Well, yes. I, I think that we want to spend as much time as we can doing the things that make a difference. Right. I guess and, so. hey, they can learn base release when they need to. Right. Okay. Good point. Uh, we want rallies. Blocking. No blocking until the other side can hit balls we can't dig. I like that one. Pretty yep. simple. Yeah. And then lastly, the attacking might be the least different. Uh, maybe I want them a little less aggressive as they get older. I want, I'm always asking, did you hit the ball as hard as you can? Right. Um, but with young kids, I'm like, Hey, can you hit it in the box with shape and spin? Can you lift tip anything? Can you, Hey, when stuff is, they're going to get a lot of bad sets. They can't, can they deal with making decisions to keep the ball in play? They heck more rallies. Rallies. There we I go. like it. <laughs> okay. And so they're swinging to kill only when it's perfect. So those are the skills there that I think that are going to be a little bit different that we're teaching young kids. Okay. Some people go, no, no, we're just going to, we're going to suck it up and we're going to, you know, they're going to be better in the long run. And my thing is, hey, they're going to learn faster if we have rallies and they're going to have more fun if we have rallies. Right. And they're going to love the game if we have rallies. It might not last till the long run if you don't exactly. have rallies. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. They're going to quit. They could quit. Yeah. What about, oh, it's going to be better when they get to high school. They might be gone when they get to high school. Absolutely, yeah. Next one. And this one you, we've done before. Okay. It's more important to teach systems they will use in future years, oh, yeah. such as the 5-1 and 6-2. Right. Yes. And we've be, beaten this thing a little bit. But I'm going to beat like it one it. more time, yes. Davis. <laughs> I like it, though. It's okay. Good. Why? Rallies. Rallies. Yep. Rallies. So number one, uh, anytime you're teaching things like the 5-1 and 6-2, you are taking time away from serving, passing, defense, arm swing. Those four things you need to teach. And if you're spending a lot of time, a 5-1 takes a lot of time because you got to teach them the, the back row rotations and the front row rotations. Good point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next, making it more generic positionless is better for development. People don't talk about this. You know, all these kids, they want positions. My 11 years old, they, they don't know how to serve a pass. And they go, what position am I? And I'm like, <laughs> right. uh, you're, we're trying to make you a volleyball player. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so for me, it's there's two positions. There's a hybrid setter hitter, okay, and then there's a hitter. Okay, we might not teach teach them all to be setters, right? Okay. But 
we have setter hitters or hitter. What oh, position you are? You're a hitter. Oh, right. you're a setter hitter. Okay. <laughs> That's I it. Like it. That's it. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, put the setter target in middle front rather than right front. Yes. Okay. And this is part of the system. And the setter's range is in the court rather than out of bounds. Yes. So if they're sitting in right front, uh, their range is going out of bounds. We don't want them passing out of bounds. And we think that if they're in the middle of the court, their range is more on the court. So it's better for passing. Uh, next, there's less confusion with a middle front. If they're middle front, they don't have to deal with a middle front when the ball's passed to the middle, which a lot of balls may pass to the middle. They have the setter owns the middle of the court. Yes. Okay. Makes it simple. Less confusion with who is being set. And I'm into, hey, face a four, face a five. Yep. No back setting right now. And if you're in a if you're in a front row four two, then you're facing that hitter and then you're going to set a bunch of balls in between them and they don't know whose ball it is. Yep. If there's only one hitter out there, it's real simple. It's your it's ball yours. all the time. <laughs> Might be a bad set. Right. You got to go get it. Right. I like okay. That. Yeah. Turn around. You're going to face you a five. Hey, it's going to be to you. Right. You're going to hit it. Uh, and then when you think about that, attackers learn to hit both on hand and off hand. I like that too. If you have your setter right front, then unless maybe you're teaching a slide super early, maybe Dunning might say, no, we're going to teach a slide when they begin. And that's a pretty good argument. But if you're not doing that, then uh, all the balls are coming from one direction to them. We want balls coming over their, yep. their right shoulder and over their left shoulder. Again, they're a hitter, not a left side hitter or a right side hitter. They're, they're hitter. hitter. They're a hitter. I like it. Uh, back row setting is full of disadvantages. Tight pass or dig, lose the point. Yep. Low pass or dig, lose the point. So you want to give up all those points. Right back defense is compromised. So those three disadvantages, those are probably worth at the beginning level, at least I would say three to five points per set. Yep. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Right. So, hey, you're talking about 20 points, you know, 20% of the points per set on these because you're in a 6-2. Right. Yep. And you've taken a bunch of time away. Now, I would say there are really no advantage to a 6-2 unless you're playing doubles. So that old system where if you have your two setters in their back row okay, yes. and you have only one hitter and they're your setter and you just play doubles with them, then you might say, hey, that's that's our advantage. But if you're not in that situation, then I, I just don't see the advantages yeah. because having three hitters is probably more confusion for younger teams. It's absolutely. almost a disadvantage, yeah. not an advantage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we've talked about this. They need to know this in high school is a myth. Okay, that idea of, oh, they need to know oh, these systems when they yes, get to high school. I see what you mean. And that's a myth. And my yeah. argument of that is, of course, hey, if we take the best high school kids now that don't play indoor, if we take the best beach kids, yeah. you take the six best 14 and under beach kids that don't play indoor, yeah. how long would it take you for them to be one of the best 14 teams? Probably basically right away. <laughs> well, it would take <laughs> you probably two hours. Yeah, maybe just a little bit of system right. and they're there. Yeah. right. Because you can teach systems fast. Absolutely. You can't teach all the things that they can do, serving and passing and playing defense and attacking. Do you remember Haley Cameron? I started with Haley Cameron. Yeah, and, I know. Yeah. She and was, she was a great example of this. She came into the gym at La Jolla High as a freshman, probably 6'2 at the time, maybe 6'3, and stood on the 10-foot line because she played for Todd. And guess how long it took her to block? Probably about three blocks, you know, <laughs> I mean, three balls going by her before she blocked the ball. You know, it doesn't take that long for them to pick up these skills when well, they're ready for them. And that gets us to the last and I think maybe most important and maybe most overlooked thing. And that is 
developing player IQ. Uh, yes. And the idea that we want to teach these players a ton of different systems right. because we want them to understand, wow, we're playing this system because this is what's going on. And now we're going to change systems because of this. Right. And we're not saying, oh, we're shoving you into this system right now because you're going to need it five years down the line. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Absolutely. It doesn't make sense. So that, 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 uh, that's my deal. Those are the, uh, the four misconceptions. I, I love that. Coaching kids volleyball. Well, and I would love to hear the debate from the, the people that are listening, the listeners. Like, I'd love to hear you guys, you know, chime in with what you guys think about this. Todd knows people disagree with this. Oh, no, I have right? a lot of people who disagree with this. Right. But, but it also, I mean, I tell you what, I've, I've picked up more and more things and I, I found a success for my teams doing it. So I'm really glad you shared that. So thank you so much. All right. That's awesome. Well, that brings us to the uh, scenario. What do you got for us? Okay. So the scenario is a little different today than, um, than what we've been talking about today. And it's how to get a fast start in a match. Ooh. And um, I am not a scientist. So this is not coming from a scientific perspective, but there's a little bit of science in here. But um, what it is coming from is just years of experience and beating that one seed more often than I should. Okay. Right. And um, by that, I mean, you know, you have three seed, you play the one seed in the, in the morning match yep. and we drive up from San Diego and everyone would think, Oh, you guys must be exhausted. And uh, it, it counterintuitively, it tends to help us a lot of times. So, All right. so let's get into it. So um, the first you have, you have to have a great warm up. Okay. And um, before you warm up, you have to wake up. And there's a couple things you need uh, if you are going to wake up. The first is you need some sunlight in your eyes. You need some water and you need some movement. You need to get grounded and start doing some walking or just any sort of movement. So first, let's get woken up, right? Second, <clears throat> warm up with these three things happening. And they're all important. Literal warmth. Like if you feel their skin, they should be literally warm. I think everyone goes, I'm, I'm, I'm warm. I did some movement. I'm warm. And they're not, if they're not sweating, they're not warm. They need to raise their core temperature by at least one degree to be physically warmed up. Next, they need some high value, low impact cardio. Okay. They need to, um, they need to breathe heavily. And there's, there's all sorts of uh, evidence where if you can breathe really heavily, then you'll be able to breathe much more comfortably when you go into those, um, you know, sort of difficult to breathe. All right, situations. What do you do for that? So you can, so low impact. I mean, I like burpees, you know, okay. because burpees, you don't even have to do the jump. I think we see everyone jogging the, you know, the convention center or whatever. I'm not huge on that, but I'll do it just because it's a little bit easy. And that's sort of their wake up, you know, four minute, maybe three minute jog. But I mean, you can do sprints, you can do jump rope, you can do burpees, you can play tag, you can do all sorts of things that they like, Got you it. know, and I'm thinking of this mostly from an off the court perspective, right? Okay. So you're warming up for your match. And for that first match, you'll sometimes have time on the court, but generally you don't have time on the court. You maybe have like four minutes, two minutes on the court. So, and then you need some kinesthetic awareness to start happening. So, uh, it's one thing to be awake and, um, yeah, warm, but you haven't touched a ball yet, right? So kinesthetic awareness is, can you play catch with someone? Can you track something? Can you move through space? Okay. That's why I really like tag because you kind of get a little bit of both of, of those things. You're not just running slowly. You're kind of tracking people, pursuing. I love all that. So can you get literal warmth, low impact, but high value cardio 
and some kinesthetic awareness. Okay. Um, next, the mindset. Okay. I really believe it's important for them to pre-see the game ahead. So they can't just show up. Who are we playing, coach? And you know, expect to beat a team that's better than them consistently. So can they see the match before they play? There's all sorts of evidence for that being powerful, right? See the match. And you're not going to know everything, but can you see yourself in the gym you're going to play in or on the court or in the position you're going to be in? And just in their mind's eye, um, attack mode activated. Okay, so a lot of times when we're just waking up, we're easy to attack. And I don't mean that like as a human being, but just from an evolutionary standpoint, like that's when you would want to attack something, you know, because they're they're not at their fullest senses, right? So we need to be at our fullest senses. We need to be in attack mode. Okay. okay? Um, the optimal pump level. So sometimes uh, we get a little carried away with going, we got to get pumped up. Let's get yeah, pumped yeah. up. And everyone wants to be a 10, but you need to find your teams and your individual pump level, I, I call it. It's, it's called the optimal a zone of arousal or something like that. But the idea is like, you know, can you find your pump? Casey Jennings, super pumped all the time, just ripping balls. Right. But then you have other guys that are more, you know, deliberate with their- Yeah, uh, everybody's their, a little different. Take, right? So can you find your optimal- But everybody level? has an optimal. Yes, I would say so. And can you know that about yourself, yep. right? Um, next, you need to have high trust. Even though it's the morning, even though you're playing a team, even though all these things, even though, even though, even though, we still have the ability to do it, right? And I love that we talked about Hoosiers last time. Even though we're here, the net's the, still 10 feet high <laughs> and the court's still, right. it's like, we can do it. Here's why, okay? High trust, high teamwork. If you want to get a fast start in a match, you need to start off on assignment and you need to trust your team to do the same. Um, make your most of the time on the court during warm-up. So a lot of coaches get on court warm-up and then all I see them do is have their kids play some like controlled, I wouldn't even call it controlled, but some light pepper. And that's it. That's all they do with their time. There's all sorts of things that you can do with your time instead, such as break out into some position groups, work in groups of three instead of two. I really think that that makes a difference. And play little mini games like defense repeat. So defense repeat is just you come on with your team of five. We hit a ball. If you dig it and set it to us, you get a point. You get to stay on. And you just keep trying to get the best record. So little games like that as opposed to just everyone chilling out and doing some pepper. Again, that's building team trust. It's building um, teamwork already. And um, that's really what I got. It's basically those big three. Can you warm up quickly? Can you set the mindset? And can you use the time on the court the best of your ability? I like it. What do you got? A couple things I'll throw in there. I'm into serving sandwich now. Okay. What's that? So we serve at the beginning of our warm-up time oh, on the court, and we serve at the it. end. Okay, okay. <laughs> we serve twice. I'm doing it. I'm doing we serve it. twice. It's worth it. So we serve two of the minutes, even okay. if it's, let's say it's four minutes, you know, four-minute warm-up. We're going to serve the first, then we kind of go back, and then now you're serving again. And that's kind of more how, the way, how it is in a game. And, hey, okay. we think serving is the most important thing. And I think we probably don't need to hit as much as we hit normally. If you hit for a couple minutes, get a couple swings, Right. Uh, they all just want to okay. bounce a ball. Yeah, they all yeah. mean, and you it's want that. Bit. The other thing I'll I'll uh, I'll say is the idea, and you uh, alluded to it a bunch of times, but it wasn't specifically stated, and that is the idea of communication. Yeah, good and point. that you know when we warm up, we want to warm up that voice too, and that that kind point. of connection and that trust you talk about, yes. and that we could kind of measure by the sound. 
And I might say, hey, I'm going to just go walk over here and listen. And then does it sound like we're in it? And nope, it didn't sound like. So let's come in here. Hey, let's. Uh, I want to walk over here, and when I walk over, I can tell you guys are in it without watching. I like that. And so that idea of communication. I like that because kids want to wear their headphones or whatever now. Yeah, I'm not I, into I don't know why yeah. I don't let them. I mean, pre pre match, please get into it as soon as we start our team warm up. Everything, all that goes off, and we're that's we're, a good point. Going. Yeah, for me, it's off too. It's like, hey, we want to be connected to other players, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I say, hey, if you want to get one song that everybody's listening to and you want to yes. sync it and you have all 10 players listening to the same thing, <laughs> you might awesome. convince me. But until right. you get that technology to get that right. going, don't don't talk to me. I like it. I like <laughs> it. That's awesome. So you're up on the video. Video. OK, so we're talking about, uh, you know, kids uh, and we talk about some kids systems. So uh, the first one is Jim Stone. I have a little Jim Stone sandwich here. Okay. Jim Stone at the beginning doing a four two and he does a chalk talk. So okay. he does a great job. You know, he draws it out on a chalkboard and everything is super clear with a four two. And the second one is taking a four two and make it into into a it's one that I did, a six three hybrid. Yes. Okay. And that's kind of my favorite system for young kids. Right. And it's a six three with front row setters. Right, right. So you set when you're middle front and right front, you have three setters. And so they're triangulated and they set, they hit when they're left front and set when they're middle front and right front. Okay. And that explains that. And I the like last that. one is one that uh, I took a tennis lesson with this guy uh, when I was in Hawaii and he was all contact is king. And that's <laughs> nice. kind of my new term for spiking, okay. especially with young kids. Contact is king. So we have Jim Stone on making good hand contact contact when attacking. I have a new one I'm going to tell you about right okay. now. And that is I'm laying kids on the ground. Okay. Okay. And they have their arm back with their finger, with their arm kind of up and back and their fingertip back touching the ground and their wrist bent back touching the ground. And then I drop a ball oh, and then they have to hand contact it against a wall and it bounces back to me or one of their teammates and they just drop it. And so you're just working on, can you get your whole hand on the ball and make that cracking sound? I like it. That's so cool. I played around with one of my 11s last year. It was pretty, kind of liked it. I kind of made it up. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's But I think cool. kids can do it because they can just drop it, right? They can right. just see, oh, there's their hands right there. I'm just going to drop it over right. their hand. So they're not really tossing. Well, so they could do it in pairs or they could do it in threes with a, you know, a catcher and a top, you know, a dropper, right. a catcher. Or you can do it against a wall. It's I like just kind it. of bouncing back to me. Well, and it's taking a lot of the excess movement out of it too. Well, right? just the idea of, once again, I, I think that some of this stuff when we're doing part, you know, I'm, I'm way more into the whole, but I think little bits of parts that can just show, oh, that's what it sounds like. Yes. And I can get a bunch of reps in a short period of time and not do it for, you know, do it for two minutes. Yes. Right on. So that's it. All resource. Right, cool. What do you got? All right. Resource. Different one than usual today. This is a service essentially that provides coaches for hire for private lessons and the reason i thought of this is a lot of uh the athletes that i work at with my school don't they're not affiliated with the club and or they live a little bit further out and so it's difficult for them to get over to the club so can they find a coach who is willing to work with them in their price range and all this stuff it's called coach up 
you can just find it online. I'll put the is link. Is it multi sports? It's multi sports. Okay. But, but this one's focused. The, the entire site. This one is focused on volleyball. Okay. And um, are you on there? I'm not on there. No. Okay. It's just, but uh, I, one of my best friends is on there. Josh Cannon. He's a great uh, okay. beach trainer up in the Manhattan Hermosa Beach area. But um, that's why I heard about it first, and then I've been checking it out. I think it's a great resource for people to, you know, find access to trainers and um, get get good. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So what a cool episode. Today. Well done, my friend. Thank Another you so much. Uh, great session in the uh, Volleypod Cave. And uh, uh, as a little reminder, we are headed out to, uh, we have the bracket is up. Yes. The bracket yes. is up. We have our buddy JJ who was on a couple weeks ago and JJ is going to be playing uh, another uh, SoCal guy, Tom Black's team from oh, Georgia that's, that's gonna in be the good. first round. They're going to be at BYU. Okay. So there's all kinds of fun stuff going on there. And then we are headed to Tampa Bay for the, fi- for the last four teams. We'll call it the final four. Yeah. They'll chase me down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Along with all those other. That's going to be so fun. And yep. for the convention, it's going to be a great time. And it's going to be great. For anyone, please check us out online on Instagram at AOC.TheVolleyPod and on Twitter at TheVolleyPods. Once again, thank you so much, Todd. Well done, my friend. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye. 